a quick transition like, from Athens is Saturday 125 mile gravel race to uh, Athens Twilight Crit. But are you doing I'm the whole about speed it. week then? Nah, speed week um, historically for our team at least has been a crash fest. Like hmm. last last year, Athens Twilight was on the back half of of speed week, the second weekend, and by the time I showed up, it was like. You know in Space Jam when they're all on the bench and it's like you got the person on the ventilator and and that's when Bugs Bunny goes and gets the special juice and they all get amped up? Like I felt like Bugs Bunny coming in. What up, party people? Dizzle Doman's back in the hot seat fresh off Belgian Waffle Ride while Dylan and I are both out in Monterey for Sea Otter. We had some good laughs with this one and a little bit of fun, and we hope you enjoy it too. Hey, if you're out at Sea Otter this weekend, make sure to find Dylan or I and give us a shout. Oh, and if you have any questions or feedback for the show, hit us up at bonkbrospodcast at gmail.com or find us on Instagram and slide your way into those DMs. All right, let's get this party started. Dude, we're back with Mr. Controversy himself. <laughs> the guy who said he would never come back on the Bonk Bros. So, <laughs> What's up? Dude, the funny thing is, Drew's been like hounding us all week how he couldn't wait to come on Bonk Bros. Yeah, have I? Yeah, you you've been like sending the texts out, like we got to get these people on. What you want to talk about? Yeah, you've really been scheduling this thing mainly because uh, mainly because I know that uh, it wraps up some beef between me and Dylan. I really don't think it does. <laughs> okay, for the listeners who don't know, Drew and I have this. Well, for like our our FTPs are really close, exactly the same, exactly the same, and also we're the same height and the same weight, and so we're weirdly competitive with each other, and we don't race each other enough to know who's faster. So we don't race each other at all. Like we yeah, were going to exactly. race once this year, and I got sick, so it's like a huge right. letdown. Yeah, and also Drew has this weird thing where he raced. Uh, the last time he raced gravel was five years ago, and he doesn't know that the competition in gravel has gone up exponentially since then. So I was uh, I was very excited for him to do a like a national level gravel race and see how much things have progressed in the last couple of years. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was what I expected. So how did it go? Yeah, tell us about it. She likes to. Um, it was good. Um, I mean, I made some pretty major mistakes, like huge mistakes. Um, first of first of which, well, I, I I think there's two big mistakes I made. The first of which, I tried to overthink the like energy saving, energy cost of the very first climb. There's like a pretty mm-hmm. good climb, like four miles into the race, and I'm thinking, well, I don't want to burn a match now. It's 125 miles, so. I was like, I'll just sit in the second group, let the gap open, and we'll catch him on the downhill. And I was like so confident that it was going to come back together on the downhill that I like wasn't worried about it at all. And then I quickly realized like the group I was in was lacking the firepower to like actually get back to the front group. So really quickly, I'm like starting to wonder like was that a mistake? And very quickly realized it was. So Drew, you know that usually the second group forms because they don't have enough firepower to stay with the front group right yeah no i absolutely had like the legs to be right there in the front group like i think my result overall and like i ended up riding with lance hated who who was in the front group until he flatted like uh and i think my overall result says that i could have ridden in the front group it was literally like i overthought the first climb like i literally could have just stood up and stayed right in that group no problem at all and in hindsight, I'm like, gosh, like what a what a dumb. I mean, that's probably one of the biggest things that's thing. that's like, changed like in the last five years since you last raced gravel was like yeah. the races are pretty much all out from the start. You know, like it's no longer yeah. like a hundred and twenty-five mile race is like a long race and you need to like conserve energy and the group is just kind of chilling at the beginning. It's like shots yeah. are firing pretty much from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. when I did it in twenty nineteen, it uh like I remember going into the dirt section and coming out of it with a group of like 10 of us and like, but, but at mile like 40, there was 60 guys in the group. Like it had just, people kept catching and catching and, but it's not like that anymore. So that was my number one biggest mistake was like overthinking that first climb. Um, but I mean, the legs were good all day. Like I, 
I didn't really feel like cracked or anything. Like I didn't feel like I bonked. Um, I mean, obviously double peak is really hard at the end of the climb, but I think it is hard for everybody. Um, but I was happy with like the way that I rode all day, I guess, just besides that one. My other biggest mistake was being too influenced by Dylan. Um, he screwed me up. I should have ran like 32s. Oh he, my like, gosh. He's telling dude. me like, oh, you got to run 40s. And literally nobody except for Alexi. It, it doesn't. I know he's the dude. exception. All right. Literally all right. nobody was it on. It doesn't matter who was running 40s and who wasn't running 40s. That may, I think it does matter. No, I think it does matter. If the top guys it, are running 32s and 35s, that should give you a hint. No, of, it shouldn't, dude. If maybe you that's what you think. No, dude. I think there's <laughs> something to be said about what the winners of the race are doing. No, Russell it, Finsterwald it, won on 32s. Here, come here and tell us. We got I don't care. in the house, too. The, the guys that was four had Pathfinder's 45, and not Pathfinder's, like Pirelli's 45. Boom. And I has 40. I had 40. Who won? Boom. What did first place have? I don't care about fourth place. Who had, what was first place? You don't he care about fourth place, but you were like 17, man. Oh, <laughs> I would have been, I, maybe I would have been fourth place had I run some 32s. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is that I legit felt slow on the road sections. Okay. All Fine right. on the dirt, but I, I, I could feel the slowness on, but, just but, seeping out of me. All right. So, so, I think I think you miss like a a key aspect of what Dylan always talks about. Size matters, but it's not the only thing that matters. Yeah, I think the tires that you were on were, were slow rolling tires. Yeah, they sucked. All right, all right, true, 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 true. They were terrible. They were the worst. I didn't flat, which is what I wanted. I wanted to not flat, but in hindsight, all right. I don't know slow. how many times I have to tell you this. All right, so I don't care what you're about to say. Next year, I'm running 35s. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. You can do that. And I'll probably do like, but for the faster. But for the listeners, I don't. I don't want them to be. I don't want them to make the wrong tire choice here. So first of all, whatever the winner, just because the winner of the race does something, does not mean that that was the right thing to do. If you go but back, it, to, but it should hit you the right. No, thing. it shouldn't. If you go yeah, back, Drew. If you go back 20 years ago. Everybody in road racing was on like yeah, but we're not racing twenty years ago. That's like the cool thing about guess what? If you if so, the winner of a race twenty years ago was on twenty millimeter tires. Twenty years ago, a twenty eight still would have had lower rolling resistance on the road. Like just because just because you move forward in time does not affect what is the fastest tire right now. See what I'm saying? Like yeah, 20 years 30, ago, a 20 I, I is think, not faster. I think I would have been better off on 35. All right, all right. All right. Tw- like, like, for example, in mountain biking, they were running 1.9 millimeter tires 20 years ago. A 1.9 tire what, 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 was not faster. we just solve this? Next year, you do it on your 40s, and I'll do it on my 32. Right. Also, also, the, the width of the tire... Ha- does yes. does not make the tire faster or slower it's all about the casing the it. tires that you ran are not that fast if you had ran 40 millimeter like uh challenge strata bianchi tires those are super supple fast tires even though they're 40 millimeters and they would have been way faster than what you had and they would be way faster than if you had like I don't know, a 32 gator skin or something. Yeah. Dude, my 32 gator skins feel pretty fast. Okay. Now, now <laughs> you just I, like compared, now you compared just to what I was riding. Now see, this is why you can't trust your feelings because the, the fact that you just said that shows that your feelings are complete BS. <laughs> All I know is I went to the, I've gone to the Tuesday night group ride on my gator skins and haven't had any issues. Okay. I did right. it on my gravel tires a couple weeks ago and <laughs> it was Tuesday so night much week. slower. I, I don't doubt it because the tires that you ran are not fast. So would a gator skin be better than the tires I had? For for, oh, yeah, for probably. BWR, probably not. Well, yeah, maybe not for BWR, but you're talking about Tuesday Night Crit? Yeah. 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 The, the Vittoria Terreno Dries are not crit tires. Yeah. Terreno Zero. Oh, you're on the Zeros. Yeah, yeah, no tread. Also, also, so, Drew, okay, important thing here. I want I want you to... I was just saying, I don't like being influenced by you. I should have just ran. Do your own thing, man. Don't be influenced. Yeah, exactly. That's what I should have done. Run 32 road tires next year. Yeah. But I also, I also, Drew, I also want you to think back to, you know, a couple months ago when we were talking about how, I I think, I believe the words that you said were, Dylan, you had a bad year this year. 
because you're referencing the fact that I struggle to make to make it into the top 20 in lifetime Grand Prix races. We do this all the time. <laughs> it, it's not because I'm dogging on you. It's because I believe in you. Right. I so, think you got the you got the juice to be in so, the top 10. Uh, I, I, I think you played I'm, your cards wrong last year. Played my cards wrong. Okay. You were overtrained. Why were why'd you do why would you do Kahuta? Like who gives a <laughs> rip about Kahuta 100 before okay. you've got a lifetime? I know, series. I know. I'm not the I'm, southeast gravel. Who gives a rip? Dude, okay, okay. I'm not, I'm not doing. You're you're right. You're right, man. I'm not doing southeast gravel, and I'm not doing Kohata this year. I think you're going to do way but better this year because of this. Is not about me. This is about you. All right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. all right. So now that you have done a major gravel race and you got 18th place, can we agree? That gravel is the competition in gravel is so much higher than it Bro, was back when you got third place at Mid South. I have never disagreed with you on that point. You I, think I am just very optimistic going into these races, thinking, "Hey, man, I could have a good day and do really well and ride with the leaders." And for some reason, you take that as me saying I'm going to win or something. Like I realize the competition has gone up, but that kind of makes me more excited to get in there and see how I play out with those top people. Like yeah. I've never raced. I don't think I've ever raced Russell. Waltz. So like getting to race him or be in the same race as him, since I didn't really make that lead group, uh, was pretty cool. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I but mean, I'm not thinking I'm going to go win. I mean, I'm thinking I'm going to have a, maybe, maybe have an amazing ride and have a top 10. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good to be optimistic. It's good. I think had I played my cards a little different, I, I, I think I had the legs for a top 10. I mean, I mean Lance, I, yeah, I, Lance I, rode up to 11th and I was with him like all day until we got separate. So, oh yeah. If Lance hadn't flatted, I think he would have been podium contention all day. Yeah. Yeah. I think every, you know, everybody thinks that they could have had a better race in hindsight, except for I made some pretty won. like <laughs> major mistakes though. Like, okay. So so moving on from your race, let's let's talk about let's talk about the I guess how the race played out for the winners. Um, whoa, 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 whoa! But don't we have to get to the um, what, what was what your we... normalized power and my normalized power? Because <laughs> I think right. I win. Like I I did better. You got 29th last year, and hey, I got eight. That's not that's not my best BWR result. My best BWR. Yeah, but your best year was two years ago, and you just said the competition is only getting thicker. So your 14th two years ago versus I my think, 18th this year should yeah, be but pretty I, close. But I've always said that 2021 BWR California was the most stacked BWR California that there's ever been. Even more, even more than this, than this more than this year. It's up for debate. I mean, the it's only one debate. who wasn't there this year is Keegan. Like who else? Well, also, also Keegan wasn't there, and Payson wasn't there. And Payson's never been there. Though. Payson was there in 2021. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, right. And also, well, Keegan wasn't there in 2021, was he? Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, Keegan was there. Um, so it's. I think it's debatable because some fast people that were there last time weren't there this time. And how how, how many minutes did Ivar Slick beat you by at Unbound last year? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Half an hour. Because. Mm, if we do that math, then oh my gosh! All right, all right, all right. <laughs> pretty sure he wasn't even in the top twenty. So okay, all right. I beat the uh, I beat the unbound winner. This is this is the math. This is the math that you do. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the transitive property of mathematics: if okay. a equals b and b equals c, right? A equals c. It, so yeah, if everybody I beat Evar like, Slick and Evar Slick bit you, then I beat right. Totally. It's math. Dude. All right. Well, I'm glad we've gotten to the bottom of that. That was <laughs> that was very helpful. Yeah, but just for the record, my normalized power was 289. What was yours, Dylan, in 2021 when you had your best ride ever? It was 284, but it was hotter. Mm, that sounds about five watts better in my, yeah, but the my heat, math is correct. He lowers your power output a lot. I don't care. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Um, cool. So... So There's only one way to settle this, and that's you have to race it next year. You knew this was going to happen. All right. What you should go, you should do BWR Asheville. Yeah, Tulsa, baby. What? That's like same week, That's like same. Are you sure? Same weekend as Tulsa. Tulsa's like the biggest crit in America. Are you sure it's the same weekend though? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like yeah, or otherwise I'd probably do it. All right, that's fine. You should come to Leadville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come to Leadville, dude. I don't do races. <laughs> All right um why don't you just come to why don't you just come to like indie crit we'll settle it there 
When's that? <laughs> Any crit. <laughs> Any crit? Oh, I thought you said indie crit. Oh, indie crit. Yeah, 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 Indianapolis. When is that? I think it's in like August. Last weekend of August. Oh. You can't yeah. even ra- you wouldn't even be able to race. I mean, yeah, race I'm not gonna do that. Still, I don't even know why I'm pretending to consider <laughs> that you don't have a USAC license, you're not on a right. team. Like you exactly. can't you wouldn't even be able to they wouldn't even let you register for that race. That's how slow you are. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well I do gravel, so you know, anybody yeah. can register for anything. Um all right. So so Russell won the race. Um and it sounded like it seemed like he got away pretty late. I don't know if you followed it. I just flipped through the Instagram live feed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he he was with uh, two other guys that I can't remember their names. Yeah, Jasper Okul. Jasper Okul. He's got the the Aerosock company. Yeah, I don't know anything about that actually. So. He makes the Aerosocks that like Vanderpool wears and stuff. Oh, really? Okay. Well, he's pretty legit because he was strong. Um, and then there was another guy with them too, an international guy. Yeah. The, the, uh, Brandon Johnson or something like that, right? Australian. Yes. He's going to be here this weekend too. I think he's more of a mountain biker. Yeah. I think he's like Australian, uh, national champ or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, which he looks strong all day. It seemed like, I mean, he was, he was in the front group, like every single time it split. Um, but yeah, the three of them, Alexi got third. Well, Alexi got, Alexi fought back to third on whatever double peak or twin peaks or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. Um, but Alexi was like pretty far back of that, that lead group going into that. So I, I was actually surprised to see Alexi come back to third. Um, yeah. He must put a couple minutes on those guys. Yeah. He's looking strong, man. But yeah, Russell, it seemed like every chance he got in the dirt sector, <clears throat> like as soon as it would, it would go into the dirt sectors when he was in, like in that lead group, he would like light it up and yeah. he'd, he'd come out of the dirt sector with like a little gap and then they would kind of reel him back in. Um, so he was definitely like technically more savvy than probably anyone else up there. So uh, how did he um, get away? Because he, I'd imagine whoever's strongest on that last climb would get away. Yeah, so he, he had a, a, a slight gap going into the last climb, and then he, he kind of lit up the last climb too. And he mm. put, put in a couple minutes like pretty early on, I think, and then was able to Dang. hold that gap. Yeah, yeah. impressive. In the, in the women's race, uh, Heather Jackson, which she's a new face to gravel, right? Um, she caught, she comes from triathlon and I think she's in the grand prix this year too. Um, she won the women's race. I think, I think I'm believe from what I saw off of just like the Instagram stories, like she was solo for pretty long time, a long time. Yeah. Um, which I guess she's used to, if she does, you know, she comes from triathlon, she's just used to riding that bike solo all day. Um, There was this girl who I think she got ninth overall her name was morgan something she was staying at the same hotel as us the night before the race and she forgot her battery charger for her e-tap and she mm-hmm. saw us in the parking lot and she's like any of you all wouldn't happen to have a charger and i was like yeah here you go and i like i gave it to her and she charged her stuff and then she seemed like a mess like she i gave her the charger and then she couldn't even find the cord to plug in the charger so i had to give her my cord as well um and i'm like man this lady's like she's like all over the place. Like maybe she needs some help. And when I went to go get my charger from her, I was like, do you need anything else? Like, like this is your last opportunity for help. <laughs> and, uh, she's like, no, no, I think I'm good. And then in the email they sent BWR sent this week, they do like a, a ride, like a, uh, what do they call it? They call some kind of like a, a hard rider award, like somebody who didn't get the podium, but just had like, a tough day and persevered. And this lady got the award because her like bike was falling apart throughout the race. Like her handlebars had slipped and she had like a puncture that she was like fixing over and over again. And I'm like, I should have just like, I should have just said, Hey, bring your bike here. Let me look it over for you. Like double check the bolts. Like I probably should have just done that because it seemed like she, she was pretty strong. I mean, if she had all those issues and she still got ninth, I'm like, dang, like, but she didn't bring her charger for her bike. It's just kind of funny, like small world. But. Some guy sent me a picture. He apparently he went over the bars at mile 20 and broke the carbon rails on his saddle and did the next hundred miles of the race with broken rails on his saddle. <laughs> so he still could sit down, but like, yeah, no, he could sit down on it, but the, his saddle was like all 
oh. wonk to the side Dude, for a hundred miles. Sounds terrible. <laughs> my back hurts when my saddle's normal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my back hurt a lot in that race. I don't know if it was just because like that's the first hard effort I had done because I've done plenty of rides and efforts on that bike in that position. So maybe just not that hard for that long, I guess, and that much climbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Um, I do have two shout outs to make. Uh, first, the first one is to Lance because he towed me around for a long time, like on every climb. So he flatted on the first dirt section and he said he had to stop for like five or six or seven minutes fixing it. So I felt so bad. I I was like watching the Instagram feed and there was like a, one of the dirt sectors. He, uh, he was like pinning it behind like the, like the guy, he was like in fourth and like the guy in third was like falling off the wheel and you could tell Lance was like buzzing his back tire. And I was like, yeah, Lance, get it, get it. I like sent him the video and after the race, he like messaged me. He's like, I literally flatted like 30 seconds after that video. Mm. I was like, oh. yeah. if, if he wasn't, if he wasn't stuck behind that guy, he probably would have been fine. He probably like smashed oh, yeah. something that he didn't see. I mean, I think the way, yeah, I think the, uh, his legs showed that he was riding well. I mean, we were way back cause I made some just poor mistakes. I actually made a wrong turn too, like, or I missed a turn and that cost me a minute, but I had just like. So I was going to like attack the second group going into the dirt. And I was like, okay, maybe I can bridge the gap because it's a long dirt section. So I'm like, if I go first into the dirt and the guys in the lead group are slowing down through the dirt, maybe I could get there um, and not have to burn too many matches like versus doing it on the climb or something, which is like not going to happen. And so I did that. I attack and like the group just like lets me go. That's how I should have been in the first group. I attack the second group and nobody even like responds. It's just me. And I'm like, sweet. And so I get into the dirt section and then Jeremiah Bishop ends up like bridging up to me and another kid. And, and I'm talking to Jeremiah Bishop like, Hey man, we're going to catch that front group. And like, right when I say that I go to the front to like pull and I blow past a turn and he makes the turn. doesn't say a word. And I'm like, thanks buddy. And so then my thing is beeping at me because I made the wrong turn. I'm like, crap. So then I turn around, and by the time I get back to that turn, the entire group that I had just attacked is already in front of me yeah, in the dirt section. Yeah, so I probably lost. I didn't catch Jeremiah Bishop and, and Mark Miles until um, like mile 45 after that. It was like 20 miles of chasing because of that one wrong turn. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Hmm. Um, well, I think if there's but at one that point, thing. I had linked up with Lance, and Lance was like, on a mission to catch as many people as possible. And so I was like, man, I'm glad to see you. And so me and him literally like rode together for probably 60 or 70 miles. Um, and on every climb, he was like, put me in the hurt locker, like a hundred percent. And I'm thinking, man, I'm going to bonk so hard. Cause I'm going so hard to just hold his wheel. But, um, if it weren't for him, I think I would have gone a lot slower, you know, like he was pushing me on the up, the uphills and the downhills. So and I, I was even, I even kind of felt bad. I'm like, man, I wish I could do more work because I know you're trying to like catch, catch up, but I'm like dying. And he was like, nah, man, it's totally good. And we were just going through groups like left and right. I mean, we so, went through all kinds of people. So dude, there, there is someone that I, I thought like I was surprised to see them there early, but then I was also surprised not to see them there later. Um, and that was Curtis. Yeah. Cause he, like, right. I mean, I was surprised to see him there because I didn't know that he was going to be at the race. Like, it wasn't because yeah. I didn't think he was capable. I was just like, out of nowhere, I was like, whoa, that's Curtis. Yeah, And right. then... Curtis White. Curtis White, yeah. Yeah, they, they, he got a call up and everything, yeah. He he just, like, completely fell off the front group at some point. But he was, like, looking solid. Yeah, I mean, we caught him at Black Canyon, so that means he got popped before Black Canyon. Um, and he was struggling on the climbs, for sure. Okay. Um, I mean, he's a big dude. Um I mean, he's like you normally a crit racer. So yeah, he's, and yeah. he's definitely got the physiology of crit racing. <laughs> um, and so you throw, a, you know, all that climbing at him. And I, he even said to us, like, man, these climbs suck. Like, he, <laughs> he was hurting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it was cool to see him. I think he's doing more of a gravel program uh, with his cross team now. Is he, uh, is he in the Grand Prix? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't think so. He's going to be a sea otter this week. Everybody's doing more of a gravel program with their, their cross team. It's just the thing. Except me. Right. The other shout out, and this is wicked awesome. Me and my buddy Patrick were out there. We went. He's a guy that I coach who I ride with around here. Uh, but we were out pre-riding the day before the race, and we ran into a guy at like a little intersection of like where the trails split, and we were like trying to figure out which way to go. And this guy was standing there as well. And I was like, 
hey, you racing tomorrow? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, you from around here? And he's like, oh, yeah, it used to be. And so, and I'm like, I'm thinking, and we're talking about like which direction it is. And like right in the middle of that, he's like, are you Drew Dillman? And I'm like, man, stop playing. Like, you don't know who I am. (laughs) Like, I'm nobody. And he's like, no, no, no. I was listening to the Bonk Bros on the way here, like literally in my car just (laughs) now. And I'm like, so excited to come on because you have. (laughs) Yeah, this was like the main reason why I'm so excited. And I'm like, no way. He's like, yeah, dude, like, and this is what he said. We ran into him a couple times because we were kind of pre-riding. And so we, we stopped and talked to him once or twice. And he literally told me like, dude, I love what you guys are doing. He's like, he said that the Bonk Bros, Matchbox, he said, man, I just feel like I've found my tribe of people. Like I fit in with you guys. I love what you guys are doing. Like I, it drives well with me. And I'm like, dude, that's so cool. Like he just seems so stoked. He's like, man. Hopefully here soon, I'll be making enough money and I'll be able to support you on your Patreon. And I'm like, man, you'd be the first one because <laughs> I ain't got none. <laughs> and he's like, no way. And I'm like, yeah. And his name was CJ. Uh, yeah, he's from California. I think he said he lives up near LA. But I wanted to give him a shout out because I was like, I mean, I go to these races and like what like what Dylan said, like there's all these top guys from Europe and former pros. And it's like this huge publicity PR thing. And I feel like I'm just a guy in the group. Um, so it's pretty cool to like meet somebody who like, I don't mm-hmm. know, had listened to some of the stuff we're putting out and appreciated it. And I was like, I was, I, I thought it was pretty cool. I was like, wow, that's sick. Was, is CJ going to be at Seattle this weekend? Um, you know what? I didn't ask him, but I would imagine he is because he, uh, he's, I think he's closer to Sea Otter than he is BWR. Hmm. Um, okay. Well, I'll get the show out probably today. So maybe he's going to yeah. listen to this show on the way to Seattle. Yeah. If he listens, <laughs> then he should come and yeah. say hi to you all if he sees you. Yeah, for sure. So seems like a good transition to start talking about Sea Otter then. Does that mean I can leave now? I mean, what are you talking about, dude? You're only going to stick around for your part. You're not going to get predictions. Um, well, you're going to win. I predict Dylan's going to. No, I think. Thanks, man. What'd you get last hey, year? Seven, yeah, Dylan was just telling us. He, Dylan was just bragging about the fact that he's got the KOM on the course right now. I do. Oh. see you have the KOM on the course for one Strava? lap right now. 19 people have done it. Oh, <laughs> it's a new course. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What, what was the time? It was two hours and 30 minutes. That's a long. <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> I'm not even trying to do that long of a pre-ride today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, uh, so yeah. I mean, if the worst thing that happens this weekend is that, you know, I have a terrible race, but at least for a small amount of time, I was the fastest one on the course. Do you take like a screenshot or anything like that? So you can, I should commemorate I should, later. I should before today, because there's yeah. probably going to be people already taking it today. Um, did you, uh, did you end up bringing your full suspension or your hardtail full suspension? Nice. And I think it was the right call too, because I think the course is bumpier than last year because they've gotten a lot of rain. Um, and I don't, yeah, oh. there's actually more gravel on the course too. They added single track, but they also added gravel. Is well, yeah, lap or that's two because laps? it's the same course as the two gravel laps. race. So they needed to make it more gravel. Well, the gravel race is slightly different because the signs do go in different directions at certain points. But it just cuts out a little bit of single track, I think. Yeah. So does that mean it's a longer race overall? Because you said they added gravel and added. Yeah, it is. Track. It was 80k last year, and it's 100k this year. It's good for you, right? The longer, the better. Yeah. Should so, be. how long do you think, since you're the KOM master, how long do you think it will actually take? do a lap in the race (laughs) um yeah i mean adam and i rode it yesterday and we were really not going that hard like we pushed it sort of hard on some of the climbs but other than that we were chilling and yeah i'd imagine sub two hours easily still be be under four hours okay yeah yeah for sure yeah i don't i don't feel like racing much longer than that (laughs) (laughs) are you on a hardtail yeah okay yeah just because it's the only bike you have right now would you have brought a full suspension if you had it um, I, I probably not because like I would have probably based it off of like what people ran last year and it yeah. seemed like everyone was on hardtails last year or the most people were yeah. unless they like didn't have a hardtail option, but it seemed like anyone who had a hardtail option was on a hardtail. Yeah. I don't um, know this. I mean, 
just like with all the lifetime Grand Prix mountain bike races, it's every single one is like a toss up between a hardtail and a full suspension, which is super unusual. Most of the time it's a very obvious decision and it's full suspension. But I think, I think part of what makes it hard is like, there's so much climbing other than like maybe Schwamigan, because that's just like a different style of race. But like for sure, this in Leadville, like there's so much climbing that it makes you want the hardtail because you're like you want the lightest, fastest, stiffest setup. But if you if you were to like minimize the amount of climbing there was and just look at like the terrain, I think the terrain is more conducive to like full suspension. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not so. There's not a lot of rocks or roots. There's like maybe one rock section in the entire thing, but the it is sandy and it is there there are sections where it's bumpy and rutted out yeah so okay yeah do you are you uh what tires are you running like bigger or smaller i think in the rear i'm gonna do uh continental race king 2.2 if they made a 2.4 i would use it but they don't um that's just a really low rolling resistance tire and then i think on the front i'm gonna do maxis aspen 2.4 okay yeah yeah so i got the 2.4 aspens Dude, I, I mounted up some brand new Aspens this week. And like last year, I, I realized I didn't put brand new mountain bike tires on ever. Like I, I was still using tires from the previous season. And dude, brand new tires like are so much stiffer, I feel like. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, I mean, remember when we were talking to Jeremiah yeah, Bishop and I, he what I was said he about. has to, he, he put his tires for Leadville down to 10 PSI and then rode them on the rollers to wear them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like legit thinking about that when I rode those brand new tires. I was like, man, these things are so stiff. Jeremiah was like onto something when he was talking about breaking in his tires. Yeah. It has just been a while since I'd put new tires on my I bike. wonder if that's actually a thing, to be honest with you. That that bicyclerollingresistance.com needs to test fresh tire versus worn-in tire and see what they find. Do we know their trust do we know their testing protocol? Because you put a lot of faith in random <laughs> well, website. Well, and what else do I have to go off of? There's nothing well, I know, else but you're you're telling me I'm wrong based off of some random website. Like, well, what if I was the guy behind? What if I? What if I'm the guy that? What if I'm in charge <laughs> of bike tire rolling resistance.com? But you're not. I know, but it'd be ironic I've if seen, I was. I've been to your house. You don't have a steel drum testing kit, so you do know how he tests them. Yeah, he has it on the website. Yeah, man. yeah. There's a whole page dedicated to like the testing protocol. And the different protocol for different, uh, like off-road versus road tires and, and such. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? You just made made these numbers still, up. Still skeptical. Is this guy certified? Certified by, the, by what? Yeah. Dude? <laughs> by the bike tire rolling resistance organization of the world. Probably because he's right. probably the he's, he's the only he's probably the, the president of it. He's probably the yeah. president of that organization. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I so so. There's there's one dude on Instagram that loves to give me crap about how I put so much faith into that website, and his argument is that he tests on a steel drum, and you don't race on a steel drum; you race on gravel. So maybe I need to connect with this guy. You do. He sounds like he sounds like a good friend of mine. So I agree with that, though. I agree that you know the results that you see on that website may not perfectly mimic what you see in the real world. Particularly the the watt values, like the watt values, if if one tire says it's five watts faster than another tire, it's probably not actually five watts. But like I was talking to Josh Portner about this, he says what what he what he um, believes is that those trend like those trends hold true in the real world, but the watt values you can't take those. So for example, if one tire is faster than another tire on a steel drum, it's probably going to be faster in the real world but whatever watt value you see on a steel drum you probably can't take that and apply that to the real world mm. yeah if that makes sense dude the the i mean i know we're not talking i know we're saying like the watt values are sort of uh maybe arbitrary a little bit but the the watt difference between the race king and the aspen is like 10 watts i know and that's it's per insane. tire so that's 20 watts per setup i think yeah i think i don't think that's true i think that's weight it's, that seems in, yeah inflated to me. That's that's also when are you going to talk to Continental about a two point four race king? Like, I mean, I'm not sponsored by Continental or anything. So. It doesn't matter. You're an influencer. <laughs> yes, the, I mean, the second that they come out with a two point four race king, I'm buying it for sure. I just don't understand. Like, why are they so far behind the times? It's a good question, man. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, because yeah, that's like I that's like my only reservation with those tires is I just don't really feel like running two point two tires anymore. Yeah. I I agree. I agree. Well, 
we've we've lived up to our secondary name, the Tire Talk Podcast. Let's get back to talking about the race. <laughs> um, all right. So, do you have predictions for this weekend? All I know is I'm just trying to win the gravel race on <laughs> Friday because I don't I, I don't care about Saturday all that much. Yeah, like it's the field is so stacked mm-hmm. and. Um, it's like, yeah, Saturday is going to be super hard. The gravel race is kind of stacked too, though. I know, but it's just not as stacked. Yeah, yeah. And I'm on a mountain bike, so I feel like that's going to be You're going to have an advantage. You're yeah. going to have an advantage for sure. Uh, um, I don't know. I, I think I think it'll be cool to see. Uh, I wish Matt Beers was here, first of all. I think this is the best chance that he has to win a Grand Prix race, and he's not I here. I know, he's not here, yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah, um, but I think it'll be cool. I think Keegan, I don't think Keegan will will be a blow away like some of the races last year mm-hmm. i think he might have some challengers chris blevins is going to be here if i had to pick a favorite i would actually probably put blevins on top right now over keegan yeah um so i think that'll be sick to like see those two duke it out finsty's obviously on good form right now mm-hmm. um canadian adam roberge you know i mean he's never been with that guy <laughs> too. adam would you like to say anything <laughs> okay no he, he was just eating breakfast with us so i figured i'd give him a little shout out here you don't leave him out um uh i mean alexi had a strong bwr yeah. like i don't know what happened to him that he lost the front group like i don't know if something happened or if he just he said ride to he said he just he just uh i forget what exactly what he said he said they made an attack and he didn't go with them because i don't know he didn't think that was going to be the winning move or something but okay. it was yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like it because, I mean, he he rode back to third, which was super impressive. Yeah. He also said he was taking in 130-some grams of carbs an hour. Yeah, gnarly. Which is pretty, that's pretty gnarly <laughs> um, and pretty sick. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I think there's going to be – I think it's going to be a pretty good battle. And then some of the international guys too, like that Brandon Johnson guy, clearly pretty yeah. strong. Um, yeah. I don't know, like, Jasper, what his, like, technical skills are. I mean, um, he he's a mountain mountain biker is I he think. i don't know anything yeah. about him yeah probably on the women's side sophia was looking super strong earlier this year it, i mean obviously I mean, she's smoked everybody at bwr bwr arizona yeah. yeah and she's a mountain biker it's probably who i'd have my money on yeah i think the women's field's cool because i think there's going to be some dark horses who will have a chance at doing pretty well especially like here like being at sea level uh in a ton of climbing it's like you know favors a lot of fitness fair bit of handling skills and i think there's some new women in the scene that might do pretty well but mm. as far as like top step yeah i mean sophia is going to be hard to hard to rule out um Sevilla, she won didn't she win schwammy yeah, last she, year is she racing she's here okay. yeah, yeah so i mean like like there's gonna be a few women i think that aren't part of the grand prix that'll be contenders too which would be kind of cool yeah is um is Sylvia? she's not a part of the Blunk? No, <clears throat> no, I don't think so. I'm I'm sure if she applied, she would get in, but I think she's uh, more oh, yeah, focused she's on World Cup racing. Yeah, yeah she's, she's like Olympic crazy. Olympic track. Yeah, Kate Courtney's going to be here. Ooh, mm, okay. so, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty stacked. Yeah. Haley what about you? Smith? What are you thinking? Isn't she who? Haley, yeah, she's yeah. part of the Grand Prix. She won it. She won the overall last year. Yeah, yeah she's, she's pretty. Yeah, good. she's definitely. For sure. Well, yeah, of course she's pretty good. She was. <laughs> I mean, winning is she was good, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> she's a really good mountain biker, though. Has she's no, been she like she's she been on podiums at, at some cross country like World Cups yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like she I think she surprised people with how well she did in some of the gravel races, but it wasn't a surprise to see the her race the race that she races. won was Crusher. Crusher. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So which super climbing heavy course? So. Honestly, Crusher is like a mountain biker's gravel race. Yeah, you know what I mean. If you're an altitude mountain biker, yeah, and a climbing mountain biker, which I don't think she is because she's I don't know where they. Well, I guess she most yeah, of the time. I wonder if she acclimated for that race or not. She did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Should be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's like. We talked about this last week. Maybe my Instagram feed just isn't as like uh, bike centric or lifetime focused as it once was, but it doesn't seem like there's been as much hype building up to the start of the Grand Prix as I would have expected. And I'm not exactly yeah, sure why. Maybe last year it was just because it was a new thing. I don't know. I kind of agree with you, although it could just totally be based off of the Instagram algorithm. You know what Dylan, I mean? What pl- Dylan, what place are you going to get? In the Grand Prix this year? No, no Sea Otter. In Sea Otter? Uh, last year, I got 17th place. So if I improve on that, 
I'll be happy. Although we'll play, I think we'll if anything, it's, no, I'm asking you, give us a number. What place what I'm going to get? Think you're going to get, let's see if you can get guess oh. like accurately. Oh God. All right. Um, I'm going to get 16th. One spot better. <laughs> one spot better, but in a more thick, a more, I think, yeah, I think, the, I think the field is, is more stacked. So, so, so it's a tall, a tall order, but I'll, I'll try. Good. All right, good. Seattle was actually my best Grand Prix result last year, so which I wouldn't have expected at the start of the season. But um, I mean, I do come from mountain biking, and a lot of the a lot of the riders in the Grand Prix, you know, come from road or gravel. And I think that well, was if helpful. you were overtrained last year, you probably just peaked for sea otter and then the rest of this crap. So, and you you probably just didn't do that on purpose, but that's what happened. Yeah. Well, I I, I definitely don't feel overtrained right now. I mean, I've barely been racing. I only did mid. I I don't think I was overtrained last year. I think I was over raced, which is, there's yeah. a difference, a slight okay. difference yeah. that produces the same results. But um, I've not been racing a lot. I did uh, mid south and I did Croatan. And that's it. Yeah, so. you haven't raced in what, like three or four weeks? Crotan was like a month ago. It is over a month ago. Yeah. Wow. You really listened to my listening to my advice. Yeah. Just no, because see, voice. see, I I value your opinion, and I and I take <laughs> take your words into consideration. Now you should take my yeah. words on tires into consideration as well. You should help okay. each other. I agree. <laughs> Drew, I just don't understand. And I know we, we already beat this dead horse, but like, <laughs> why didn't you use the tires that Dylan recommends? Yeah, why didn't you just use the Challenge Strata Bianchi 40? Or the Specialized Pathfinder, like either one um, of them. It was like two better. reasons. One, I don't have Dylan's tire budget, <laughs> so <laughs> I used I used tires that were free that were in my garage. Uh. Um And when he said they were more puncture resistant, I was like, well, I'm more... I'm more like I, I put more of an emphasis on that than Dylan does. And I, cause I double flatted at this race when I did it last time. So I'm like, I just don't want to do that again. And I remember there being a lot of flats the year that. Yeah. So, but so but I think I, but I think I went too far that way. I'm yeah. I, look, I'm giving you some credit here. I think I went too far that way and was like, and just kind of put my head in the sand and was like, I'm running these tires. They're what I have. I'm not changing it. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, I, do agree i should have listened and got some is that yeah i mean here i i it's it's crazy how i i mean i do the same thing where i overcompensate when i feel like i make a mistake you know what i mean so you know i mean like for example last year i felt like i raced too much so now maybe i'm overcompensating and not racing enough i don't know we'll see well the grand prix also got another race this year though so yeah yeah not that you're gonna do all seven but and you're doing indie crit, so totally. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I think I made a big, yeah, I think I made a mistake with my tire choice, um, and not just on the width part of it, but uh, yeah, just the the rolling. Yeah, I still am convinced that like a 35 w- wouldn't be a bad tire choice for that course. Okay, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna argue with you. Do it, man. Yeah. Show me what's up. I'm just that's a, that's how I feel. I just I'm not like saying you're wrong or I'm right. Mm-hmm. I just. If I did it over again, I'd probably do like 35 Strata Bianchi's. Okay. A faster tire and a little, little. Okay. Okay. So back to Sea Otter. So is anyone other than Matt Beers not here this week? Uh, I would assume that everyone else is here if they're taking the Grand Prix seriously. Matt Beers just had another race in South Africa that he yeah. had to do. Okay. So, I mean, this, this will probably be one of the most stacked races of the year yeah I mean, unbound unbound, is unbound like there might be some more because unbound there's a lot of people that don't do the grand prix that are gunning for that race yeah yeah but it seems I like, a, like lot a lot of people here right now though too i, I there's a lot of people who are mafia guys aren't aren't doing the the marquee event they're just doing the gravel race they probably don't know that that's the marquee event because they don't live here and they don't know why well, no but you would think that their sponsors would like tell them or something someone would have told them yeah i don't know I might give him a shot and be like, yo, guys, you should do the... Uh... Please don't do that. Don't <laughs> do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, Drew, it would have been sick if you stuck around and, and came here. Yeah, well, the crit season is upon us. Um, I wasn't planning on racing this weekend, but a guy on our on our squad for Texas Roadhouse got sick. And uh, so I'm doing Athens Twilight this month, so I'm pretty pumped about that. 
a quick well, transition right. from Athens to Saturday 125 mile gravel race to uh Athens Twilight Crit. But are you doing I'm the whole speed it. week then? Nah, speed week um historically for our team at least has been a crash fest. Like hmm. last last year Athens Twilight was on the back half of, of Speed Week, the second weekend. And by the time I showed up, it was like you know, in Space Jam, when they're all on the bench and it's like you got the person on the ventilator and and that's when Bugs Bunny goes and gets the special juice and they all get amped up. Like I felt like Bugs Bunny coming in, like like everybody in the team had like cracked helmets and broken bikes and they're smoked from racing like eight days already. And then I show up with fresh legs. I'm like so pumped. And they're like, I'm like, come on, guys, like this is Athens Twilight. And they're all like, yeah, man we've already raced so much that we don't really care. Like they were just so tired. So the team, the team kind of made the choice of like, we're only going to go do Athens, focus on that. Uh, there's another race, I think the Piedmont Crant on Sunday. So we'll do both, but Athens is definitely like the highlight of the weekend. And, Sick. uh, but we're just doing those two races and then coming home. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. I've actually never done, uh, like one of those week long crit. I've never done like speed week or intelligentsia. I've all- I've only ever done like them. So well, you only started crit racing last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess so. I yeah. want to do, uh, I think intelligentsia would be cool to do. Like that's very similar. It's like a 10 day block of racing yeah. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. And I got a family, you know, like I, uh, I don't want to be away from home and, and my wife and my kid don't want from home for longer mm-hmm. than a couple of days at a time. So these week long trips are, uh, probably few and far but okay was was sea otter a week-long trip well i mean if i had Otter from um, you are or sea otter it would have been like oh yeah yeah, yeah. i would have just i forgot what we were originally talking about which is yeah. you staying for sea otter plus your mountain bike. Cool. plus your yeah, mountain bike is old and needs to be replaced it's like out of commission like i have any you guys were talking about tires i don't think i've ever replaced <laughs> the tires on my mountain bike <laughs> Those are literally the tires that Dave and Amanda sent the bike to me in 2019, and those wow. are the same tires. <laughs> you said the same bike that you that you did all those epic rides events on. Yeah, that purple lightning bike. Yeah, that's <laughs> the mountain bike I have. The back brake doesn't work, and it's shot. I mean, it's still a good bike. I would totally still ride it and race it, but I just don't do that much. Yeah. All right, listener questions. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, man, should, we, should, pull them up. should we answer ones from the Instagram? I forgot yeah. we have you guys have listener questions on this podcast. Yeah, dude. Dude, we got Uber amount of listener questions. Wow. Holy look at this request bin, dude. We gotta pull some of these up. That's a lot. Yeah. Let's see, that's just a reaction. Reaction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They like our they like our reels. That's important. All right, yeah, yeah. They like our Instagram. That's cool. All right. So <laughs> all right, so this one comes from Jack. He says, I know this is a matchbox question, not bonk bros. Yeah. Give it the matchbox. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we got the matchbox crew on. Oh, dude, with. this actually applies to you. So would supplementing with creatine aid in hydration for hot events, if the weight gain from using creatine is associated with water retention, wouldn't it stand that it improves hydration? Uh-uh. Okay, so you've been using creatine, right? I, yeah, I have, and I haven't, and I haven't really noticed any water weight. So I don't know if <laughs> I haven't. I literally have been taking it and. I haven't I haven't felt any negative negatives from taking it, only positives. So okay. um if there is water weight, it's so minuscule that I don't think it matters. But down if we go down that road, at least from what I've read and talked to people about or thought through, um the water weight is um when you take creatine, your your muscles are pulling the water from other parts of your body. Mm-hmm. That's where you gain the water weight is in your muscles. Um, and so that's actually dehydrating the other parts of your body where that water would originally be, which means you have to hydrate more, which is why you end up getting the water weight. So it actually like, it actually like kind of dehydrates you. That's why on most of the labels, it says that you need to drink this much water throughout the day while you're taking creatine, um, because it, it actually like dehydrates, which is weird. It's like one part of your body is dehydrating the other part of your body, but it's all happening inside your body now, which is like a weird thing to think about. Now I'll admit, yeah, now I'll admit I have not looked enough into the hydration aspect of creatine. I have looked at studies on creatine and how they affect exercise performance for endurance athletes. 
And it seems like it it's helpful for your sprint, which is important if you do a type of racing that requires a good sprint, but it doesn't seem like it does much more than that. Um, yeah, I know. I think the, I think the research, I think there's getting to be more and more research that says that, and I, again, I, this is like me shooting from my hip. I haven't actually like read anything, but I think the research is expanding to say <laughs> it might be helpful in other, in other circumstances, like outside of just your, oh, yeah. that is why, that is why I'm taking it originally. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think there, I think it could be helpful even for, even for somebody like you, who's not trying to. Yeah. I got to look into it a little bit more. I do wonder if Although Dylan, Dylan did take fourth out of fourth and the only sprint he's been in this year. That's that is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, and this is also, but Dylan's also vegan and cre- normal people, meat eating people get a little bit of creatine for meat. So that's another mm-hmm. reason why I think maybe, maybe you consider doing to get it mm-hmm. a, another source, for, but yeah. I got to look. Yeah. The, the hydration aspect is interesting. I should look into that. I don't know if there's been enough research done on it, but maybe I'll do a whole video about creatine. I think I am at some point. I just haven't done especially right. since I'm already been. Sweet. Okay. Uh, next question comes from Zan. He says, Hey there, since you discuss tires a lot, I have a question on oh, that topic. Do wide tires say 700 by 47 semi slicks make sense on arrow wheels? He says, let's say zip 303s. I mean, is there still any aerodynamic benefit? I don't know if you've already discussed this in previous episodes, but we'd love to hear your opinions, especially Dylan, since he's an aero guru. Hmm. Um, so it's going to depend on the rim, but most rims are not wide enough to give you very much aerodynamic benefit if you're running a 47 millimeter tire. Um, I, I think that there, there probably needs to be a little bit more testing done with tires that wide on different rim setups to definitively say whether that is true or not. There's a lot of people that have theories about whether that's true, but I think more testing needs to be done. Um, but yeah, more than likely, uh, aero rims for really wide tires is not providing a whole lot of benefit. So yeah, I don't have much else to add. (laughs) I think they still look sick, but yeah, I don't know that they're doing a whole lot. Um, okay. Next one comes from Mike. This isn't really a a question. He just sent us like a video or something, but he says, it's so funny that you guys were talking about chain stretch on a trainer bike. I posted this video of mine from this winter bike has been used mostly indoors and has over 20,000 miles with the original chain cassette and everything. Dude, Mike, I am going to be challenging you on that. Cause I, I I think I've only got like 4,000 miles on my trainer bike, but I don't plan on changing the chain anytime soon. So so. is the chain stretched on his bike? Yeah. I don't know. I can't see the video. It says it it doesn't see the video. Well, I don't know if he's trying to, I don't know if he's trying to tell us that the chain isn't stretched or that it is crazy stretched. I mean, I think doesn't care. Yeah. Maybe it just doesn't matter. Like as long as he's, everything's still working. I mean, like you don't have to worry about like dropping your chain on the train or anything like that, but yeah, maybe I'll get there at some point. You know, the, you know, the chain, uh, the chain stretch doesn't happen linearly. It happens exponentially. Like as the chain stretches, it stretches exponentially more as it wears out. That would make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The next one comes from Evan and he says the road feel feature on the tax Neo is indeed real. I just tried it. Oh yeah. I got one of those. He said it's annoying. Is it annoying? Uh, well, if you're not paying attention, like a lot of times when I have Zwift on and I'm watching a race, all of a sudden I hit a bridge and it's like, go, 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 go. I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh. And you're like, how does this feel so, yeah, how does it feel so like realistic if it's just vibrating your, like your back wheel? But it, it really does. I'm like, every time it happens, I'm like, just like. Have you ridden on cobbles with it yet? Yeah, it's like legit. Wow. Dang. Do you think it prepares you adequately for riding on cobbles? So you don't have Dylan's tire <laughs> no. budget, but you have you have a budget for this super fancy smart trainer? Used, buddy. Facebook Marketplace. Dude, whatever, whatever you're saving up. I think I sold the old trainer to get this trainer, and so I only paid like an extra $200 for it or something. Dude, that's like four Pathfinder Pros. Dude, whatever whatever you're saving for your kid's college, you should be spending <laughs> on tires. I think that's <laughs> yeah college is going to be obsolete by then anyways um okay next one comes from chris chris wants to know your thoughts on the fox gravel fork weight penalty versus handling benefits for gravel Mm. Uh, i'll let you answer this one because i don't i've never used one of those 
well, depending on the race, I'm actually more concerned about the arrow penalty of the Fox gravel fork. Like the Fox gravel fork, we, I haven't tested it in the wind tunnel or something, but it's anybody who knows anything about aerodynamics can just look at that fork and know that it's going to be way less aer- aerodynamic than a regular gravel fork. Um, so there's that. Fo- I think Fox makes the claim that, you know, for a certain roughness of gravel, it's it it actually improves the efficiency of the bike a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which I can see, you know, if it's really rough, then having a bit of suspension might, might do that. Um, I don't know. I haven't done enough testing. So like for it. you, okay. So you have the drop bar mountain bike. Yeah. What is, what is your incentive for using that with the suspension yeah, fork so, versus just a rigid fork? So the only reason why I have the Fox gravel fork on that bike is because it was, the only fork that was the right length for that bike, because I didn't want a fork that was as tall as a mountain bike fork. And I didn't want a gravel fork because that, that brought the the head tube down too much. I kind of needed a fork that was halfway in between. So I chose the gravel fork and then put a little spacer underneath it. Okay. Sort of, honestly, I would prefer to have a rigid fork on it um, because the tires on that bike are already so wide that, that, I don't feel like suspension is needed if I'm doing a gravel race on that yeah, bike. Yeah. Um, but it would kind of need to be like a custom length fork. Okay. Which I just haven't, I don't know. I haven't Cause you, looked cause, into that. Cause otherwise it sits up too high. If it's got a mountain bike fork on it, it sits too high. And if it's got a gravel fork on it, it sits too low. And if I use the Fox gravel fork with a small spacer, it's, it's perfect. perfect. Okay. So hmm. interesting. Yeah. Is this the video? Yeah, so this is the video from Mike. So his chain is hella stretched, dude. It like the the chain wear indicator thing like just drops into place. I so mean, I think that I've had chains that I like back when I was in college. Uh, I definitely on my road bike that was just standard <laughs> chains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So. Not sure on the, I mean, the gravel fork maybe is a benefit. I don't know. I, I need to do more testing with it. Um, there's a weight penalty and there's an arrow penalty. Uh, and the, so, and then the trade-off is that maybe the suspension is making, making the bike a little bit more efficient on rough, uh, on rough terrain, but it would depend on how rough. So there's a lot of variables there. Um, so sorry that that's not a straightforward answer, but hmm. Uh, so this one's from Zach. He just sent in, it was, it was response to Keegan's. He posted a story that he was testing out, uh, his unbound setup and he Dude. was using the Tannis inserts and the Maxis refuse. So like he was trolling us. And he's, hey, I wonder if Keegan's I, trolling I, the bonk. Bros. I doubt that. I doubt that he listens to this podcast to be honest with you, but yeah, so many people sent me that picture. <laughs> it was a picture of him. So, it was on his story and he posted, uh, he had the Tannis inserts, which I couldn't really tell from the picture, but I think they were just the tubeless Tannis inserts, which are not slower. The tubeless Tannis inserts are fine. The problem is the Tannis inserts that go, uh, that you have to use a tube with that hug the inside of the tire. So that basically you're riding on foam. Those are really slow. Um, and I, I would assume that Keegan knows that because they're so slow that when you ride it, they feel slow. So, I mean, I know you can't trust your feelings, but these are feel, they feel dog slow. Um, and then he also had refuses on and he said, what do you say? Testing out the slip, slippery boys, slippery boys, which I don't know if slippery is referring to the fact that they have no tread. So you're going to slip in a corner or I think so. I don't think he, I don't think he was necessarily referring to like them being slippery fast. Yeah, I don't know. But they, according to bicycle rolling resistance, they are the slowest gravel tire by a mile. Yeah, they're like literally, you'd be a mile behind the next guy in front of you. It's the same same power. And I will say that I have I have ridden refused tires, and I haven't tested refused tires because honestly, it's a waste of time because of how slow they are. Um, I'm just not going to use them. But I've ridden refused tires, and when you ride refused tires, they feel really freaking slow. <laughs> like yeah, they don't feel to. fast. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, okay, let's let's do one more. This is the last one. So this one's from Anders. He says, "Hello, at this year's Roubaix, Mads Peterson ran tubular tires instead of tubeless. He argues it's more durable on the cobbles as the rim doesn't rims don't break and the tires don't unseat. What is your take on this choice?" So I think he's referring to like 
if if you flat or if you rim strike, you're not going to like burp your tire or like if you flat, like you can't run a tubeless tire flat. You can run like a lot of guys will run their tubulars. Well, I I think he's also referring to the fact that you can burp a tubeless tire, which I think a lot of people are doing at Roubaix because they're not running the right tire for riding on cobbles. I mean, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't want to hear about Roubaix tires until people are running 40s, honestly. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I don't disagree. Like, I I think, I mean, tubulars are going to be way more supple. Like, people arguing about freaking you know 30s and 32s at Roubaix it's just what what a a tire company needs to make a and the challenge Strada Bianchi is getting very close to this already but like a company like Vittoria or or Continental like Continental has the GP 5000 which is a is probably the best road tire for Roubaix right now because it's it's a very fast tire and it's more puncture resistant um than most like the Vittoria tires, for example, like if they made the GP 5000 in a 40, that would be such a good Roubaix tire because it, it would have you, you would take an arrow penalty for sure. But if you're in the group for the first half of the race, it's probably not going to be that big a deal. And then it, that you would have so much, the, the rolling resistance would be so much lower when you hit the cobbles. I did see an interesting video from uh, peak torque on YouTube. He, uh, he just made this like theoretical Roubaix bike where he basically took like a Cannondale top stone and added rear suspension to it and then put road tires on it. So, and he also like put arrow fairings on it. So he made basically made an arrow road bike that had a lefty arrow fork and then rear suspension. And, and he was arguing that if this bike had a really good lockout, this would be the perfect bike for Roubaix. Hmm. Which I don't know. I could see that too. I mean, you could you could achieve this by adding suspension to the bike, or you could achieve it by having wider tires. Yeah, but I think they should do one or the other. I think they've tried the suspension thing, and it was probably just like just very poor suspension design, and yeah. like guys were like getting off and like throwing their bikes halfway through the race and getting <laughs> getting getting back on their rigid bikes. <laughs> like that's yeah. the. I feel like that was the Yeah, I mean like part of it is like good. like the like the Roubaix, like the specialized Roubaix has their like uh stem suspension or whatever, like the, like in the steer. Yeah, remember when Pierce Sagan was uh he was, was like adjusting it? I don't know what he was doing. He was like adjusting it mid race. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh I don't know. I just don't feel like that's the same. Like t- that to me just doesn't doesn't cut it, like as suspension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so i don't know but I, I i do think that it's a like the race is definitely behind the times it seems like for like the terrain that they're covering compared to like where like the industry's gone with the technology so like it'll be cool to see like five years from now once it's kind of caught up to like current technology what they're doing yeah did mads does matt did mads peterson flat i don't think he did did he i have no, I have idea, no idea to be honest with you <laughs> i don't I didn't think even he know who won until either. like a week later I mean, Mads P- Mads Pedersen wasn't he wasn't up there. Like, I don't think he did top ten. I could I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, he's been having a really good, really good classics. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if he didn't flat, then maybe tubulars were a good choice. But if he did flat, then maybe not. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. What tire width was uh, Vanderpool on? So this is what this is an interesting thing that Vanderpool did, which I also think is a good idea, especially if you want to do what I'm talking about, where you run 40s for the cobbles. Vanderpool ran his normal road setup with 28s for the first half of the race, and then before they got to the major cobble sections, he switched bikes to a bike with 32s. Really? Yeah. Mm. Which you, you could easily do that. You can do that. You I guess could, yeah, I didn't realize that you could do that. I, I know you can like switch bikes and stuff, but you could easily do that with a bike with forties, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know. It was probably also, you know, um the his bike with thirty twos, I imagine the pressure in those tires was way lower than his bike with twenty eights, too. You know what I mean? And he didn't want to ride on such low pressure for such a long time at the beginning. So is that our last question, or do you want to do one more? Um, I mean, we got a whole boatload of them. Nah, I got to go. I'm hungry. Yeah. I got to go build my bike still and stuff, so I think we'll call it there. Yep. Sick. Good All to right. have you back, Drew. Yep. Um, 
Yep, I'm faster than Dylan. All right, let's wrap. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> I, I think what we've learned from this podcast is that actually you make the the most excuses for why you didn't get top ten in a race. I hate that. I don't. I don't like making excuses. I just said I made some mistakes. That's all you did at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> I didn't mean them as excuses. I was just mistakes. Like I'm learning from them. If I did it next year, I'd change some things. Fair enough. I guess there's a, there's a difference between making excuses and just saying what happened in the race. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, I got 18th. Like, that's game, you know, said and done. Like, yeah, it's it not is terrible. what it is. Oh, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with the way the legs work. We, uh, I, I mean, we, but if I say, I think an excuse is like, but if this and this and, you know, I don't know if I did that. I was just saying I screwed up some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we should plan a race that we can all go to. Get like Tyler to come, maybe Scott will come. Yeah, it's supposed to be the Mid South. Like that's kind of a good one, but I don't see Scott doing Mid South. Mid South next year, dude. Scott would crush it Mid South. Oh, I 100% agree. I just don't see him going to. Yeah, it's like you're. It's like the middle of his season. Yeah. I want to go back to BWR California again. I mean, mm-hmm. I just think that that race really. That'd be another good one for Scott. Yeah, I just like it. I don't know if it would be a good one for Scott. Scott's not the best climber. I think he would do better at like a Mid-South where he could just stay in the group and then just dominate the sprint at the end. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Scott would do bad at BWR California, but that's not like his race. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is. I do forget how much climbing is at BWR California. Yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. All right. Well, see ya. Okay. See ya, man. See ya.